So hi everybody, this is my first video podcast and it's either going to go horribly wrong or it'll be amazing. Uh, so I am using a new tool that I've discovered called Riverside uh, and I discovered it because I was actually a guest uh, on somebody else's podcast, uh, shout out to Ahmed, and I will um, actually share that later as well, I'll share that link. Uh, and he used this tool and it looked really cool and it looked really easy to use, very professional. Um, and so I thought I would give it a whirl. So you'll have to let me know how it goes. But also uh, Anchor through Spotify now allow you to upload video too. So I thought, well, this could become a great win-win. But I wasn't planning on doing a video when I first started this. So I haven't had a hair check. I haven't checked my makeup. Like all of these, you know, things that professionals do. So you're going to have to just put up with me like au natural. Uh, but anyway, it's Friday. So let's let's dive in. Um, so I've written on my notes, content resource discovery and management. Oh yes, now that's why I've written it. So I have started uh, working on like the knowledge shop 2.0 and it sort of takes me full circle back to, um, you know, the original concept was just like, I just want to help as many people build successful businesses. And I think part of the challenge is that a lot of the resources that help you to do that are, are siloed. And, um, you know, they might be in LinkedIn, they might be in Slack, they might be in Discord. And so it's really hard to find them. And then when you do find amazing content, it can be really hard to, to manage that content. And so that's my like working hypothesis. Is like, is there a way that we can in effect democratize content and make it easier to, to find and find again? And so because of that, I'm like back down in uh, customer research, customer discovery interviews, and uh, it's been really interesting. So I've only had a, a few conversations so far, but um, some of the insights, just in case you find it interesting, are around um, people wanting to go to the source of truth. So by that, I mean, they want to go straight to the expert as opposed to necessarily like getting stuff in Google and going down rabbit holes. And there was a real awareness of that. And so it's like, who in my network can already help me with that? Who is best positioned to, to be an expert? How can I find other experts? And some, and I quote, um, I have to see if there's an explicit marker, uh, but uh, she was like, I just don't want to get caught up in a load of SEO bullshit. So I was like, okay, interesting, fair enough. And I completely see the point. Uh, something else that people are saying is like, you know, I'm using LinkedIn a lot, um, not only to, to reach out to people directly and arrange meetings with them, but also as a way to understand what's trending, what's important through the use of hashtags. So I've been using that. And... Um, that the way that they manage content can really range um, from using Excel to even just printing things out. But interestingly, there was a real difference between managing content when you're actively searching for it versus managing content when you stumble upon it. And so by that, I mean, um, you know, you, you see something that's really interesting, you think, oh, I'm going to, you know, need that in future. So it could be you're in the middle of customer discovery interviews, you're not even able to think about fundraising yet, and that you find a great resource on fundraising, and you know you want to keep it for future, but you just don't necessarily know um, when that time is going to be. So like, how do you actively 
manage that content and, and do so in a way that's consistent uh, and easy for you to, to find again in future. So that came up, which has been really quite interesting. And I've got some more conversations going on this afternoon. Uh, a big thank you to everybody who's volunteered and, and donated their time so far. I really appreciate it. Um, changing subjects entirely. The co-working community, like, oh my God, you guys, you are blowing me, you know, I'm blown away. Um, so from just like a few weeks ago, I think I mentioned we're at 250 members, now we're over 450 and growing. Uh, I have to do something to celebrate when we get to the 500, because that's like a big milestone. Maybe I'll do like a little competition or something. That could be quite fun. But yeah, so we have the WhatsApp group, we have the Slack group. And yesterday, WhatsApp just blew up. And like people posting really honest, vulnerable things around, you know, how do I stay motivated? I'm feeling burnt out. And the support, like the compassion, the the real love that was shown to everybody was it was really, really special. And I was like, this this is what makes a community. And it it really, yeah, it, it was amazing. And I was like, okay, this is part of the reason why I do this, you know. And I hope that everybody's getting a lot from it. And I'm going to post some things on LinkedIn. And we've got a Slack group with a lot of the resources and stuff as well, because like WhatsApp is great for like in the moment communication, but like it's much harder to manage things. So if you haven't already joined the Slack group, you should join. Um, but yeah, so it's been, it's been a really great sort of reminder, I guess, of just what I've built and, and how everybody is starting to use it. And we've got two more events coming up. There's one, uh, an informal co-working event on the 21st. There's a much, much bigger happy hour, which we've got 75 people signed up at the moment. My guess is we'll probably end up with 125 people signed up and that's on the 29th of June here in New York. So that should be a really great turnout. And but I'm also thinking about, you know, what do I do with, with those events because like you do still get a massive no show rate and and there's a real mix I'm sure you guys have seen it as well of like different event strategies do you keep it free in order to bring a load of people together do you charge what's the best way to do that um I don't want to exclude people but I also want to have a little bit of accountability and and make sure that people get as much value from it as possible. So what I'm thinking is I might start charging for new people and then um, everyone who's currently in the group can, can keep coming for free uh, because they're building it with me, which I really, really appreciate. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that one. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm gonna start sharing a load of links on LinkedIn that I found, found useful. And I think just really try and start sharing more of what I'm learning with everyone there's um there's a lot going on it's also really fun and interesting and so as i'm doing the customer discovery interviews i'm also thinking about you know how can i play it forward and pay it forward i should say and build that back into the co-working group so the two really are going hand in hand and that's ultimately what you want isn't it so yeah it's all fun um at the same time you know i'm going back to to startup world um I'm trying to become an expert in Airtable. My MVP, I redid my website. It looks awful and I absolutely need to get a designer to do it. But um, I did redo it and I've been using some tools 
um, to help. There's there's one called like waitlist generator or something, which I'm going to try and embed into the website, and I'll I'll share the link here for you in case that's useful. Um, and then yeah, just really try and make it like a traditional the data capture sign up page and see what people want from it. Um, but because it, it just doesn't look so great at the moment, I think it's just going to put a load of people off. So I'm going to sort of rework that one and, and see if there's something I can do in tandem just to sort of get a very, very, very MVP type product out there. And um, yeah, see if see if that resonates with people, see if it helps. Uh, and then there's also, I guess, the question of do I go for a, a B2C market or do I go for a B2B market? And so this came up in another customer discovery interview, which was, you know, it's one thing to manage your own content or the difficulties thereof, but then it's also another one, and you know, my personal experience here too, of managing a community content. So even on Slack, you know, you've got people using different nomenclature, you've got people um, with resources that maybe just occur naturally during conversation, but should probably be in a certain channel to make it easy. There are so many different things to, to think about. And uh, I think I'm going to speak to maybe after I finish talking to some of the traditional sort of users, um, maybe speak to a few community owners as well and see if they've got any insight that they can share around what their pain points are or sort of tips uh, that they maybe use to best manage their content. Um, so yeah, so that's it. I feel like that's a good place to end. We're on a Friday. It's uh, it's going to be pretty warm. I think it's going to be like 30 degrees here. So with that, I'm going to end on a high and let me know what you think, whether you like the video idea or not. And uh, hopefully it's not too echoey. The phone booths were full. I'm in a rework and uh, as I always am. The phone booths were full. So they gave me a nice little private office. Give you a quick tour. We've got a little private office uh just for me to record this so um anyway a little insight welcome into my lab have a great weekend everyone